if your weak point as a character is that you think a total ding dong is an awesome person, Mm -hmm. I kind of hate you. Yeah, there's a problem there. Welcome back to Science Fiction and Fantasy Read Along. I am half of Gab and Blab, and today we're going to finish dismantling Leviathan Wakes. When we left off, the crew of the Rosinante was headed towards some coordinates found on the data pad of Julie Mao. Let's get to the end. All right, so chapter 34. They have arrived and gotten onto the stealth ship that Julie's information led them to. Right. And they're going through all the videos on the ship. And I guess Miller's interested in what happened to Julie. Obviously. Yeah, obviously, right, of course. Um, but they watch Julie and the Scopuli crew get brought on board and the, the tussle that Julie has with them. And, and then Naomi finds the other video, I think, with the well-dressed sociopath. Mm. Yeah. They f- kind of figure out the origin of the superbug from Phoebe Station. That's what somebody was working on that. I think it, Is it Protogen? Or I think it's Protogen, Protogen the- Station. But I don't, I don't know for sure. I don't remember. But anyway, we, we have heard about an explosion that took place there and a bunch of people died. And anyway, that's where the superbug came from. That's where the ship came from that picked up Julie. I mean, that's what we can infer, certainly. It wasn't Ganymede, was it? No. It was okay. the Phoebe station. It's, as soon as it was discovered, because we get this sociopath giving us like a... It basically is talking to the camera. It's like a sales pitch for needing to know you know we have confirmation that this thing came from outside the solar system it's extrasolar it's alien and it's designed to do something and he's making this argument very successfully that it needs to be studied and that's the origin of the superbug i don't have much more to add oh i got a question for you sure ask it comes up later but like i i had the question myself now when it comes to Holden being a complete dum-dum who just wants to tell everybody everything that he learns, why not this piece of information? There's no good answer. It's a weakness in the plot. Yeah. This is good information to put out there, in my opinion. This may puts everything else into perspective. It does. It does. It actually points a finger at people being responsible, you know, people who might be able to answer for a million and a half people dead on Eros Station and all this kind of stuff. This goes back to when Miller was talking to Holden about pain. The first time you did it, you thought it was Mars. Not true. The second time you did it, you thought it was the belt or whoever. Not true. The third time, like, you think it's Earth, probably, like, look at the pattern. (laughs) Probably not true. But now you have some actual proof of like people saying I did this, some company, you know, doing like research or whatever, but that's not yeah valuable information. For some reason, Holden completely overlooks this as something viable for sending out into the rest of the world. Like to me, this is a smoking gun. You put this in the hands of somebody that can use it right away. Yeah, and and they don't. It's not a character growing moment for Holden. He just doesn't do it. No, it's it's just me asking why does Holden right. notice this piece of information as being something that he his character should want to throw out there into the world. Right. There's no reflection on his part for why he doesn't. It's he obviously doesn't. because it would disrupt their plot. Mm-hmm. Their checklist wouldn't work if they told the world right now. The intrigue wouldn't be there. For the story, I guess. The following chapter, um, Naomi was going through more calm log reports and noticed Mm -hmm. this ship that they're looking through had been tight beaming a moving target. 
and they infer or decide that they've discovered that there's a science station that's observing Eros. Mm-hmm. And they want to know where it is and who's on it and what's going on. Oh, and there's a safe on the ship that they can't get open. And they decide right. to cut it out of the ship and take it with them. And then they scuttle that billion-dollar ship. They blow it up. Oh, and then we find out what the, the fallout from Holden's last broadcast is. So what was his last broadcast? It was that the whole vo- the vomit zombies and the stuff that's happening on yeah. it, it was wasn't the, the it was the engine signatures. Oh right, yeah, the the super important information that the Marines had to get out, including <laughs> saving Holden and crew. Which doesn't make any sense. Anyway, no. so when he broadcasts that information, we don't see the immediate re- repercussions, but now we do because it's all over the news feeds that the minute that information got out. Earth and Mars Alliance fell apart completely. Earth sucker punched Mars big time, blew up one of their massive um, observation stations, like destroyed one of the moons of Mars mm-hmm. to get rid of the station. Whole bunch of people died. And Miller's there kind of like, yep, that's what happens when you're a complete ding dong, Holden. That's yeah. what happens. And he's <laughs> like, this was my fault? It's like, I told you. Yeah, it was your fault, dum-dum. Your fault. On to Miller. So the war between Earth and Mars is all over the feeds. And the Martian Navy is pulling out of the belt and burning for home at high, high G. Miller and Holden are arguing about information. And then Miller tells Holden, you just need to ask, what would Naomi do? Right. And then you'll know. What's the smart move? What would Naomi do? And then they head, they head back to Tycho and Fred. Yep. And I think that's good advice. Naomi's pretty smart. Yeah. I mean, she's not smart enough not to be in love with Holden, but. She... Yeah, it's definitely a character flaw. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, everyone's got one, right? I was going to say, every, everyone, every character needs one, at least one. If your weak point as a character is that you think a total ding-dong is an awesome person, mm-hmm. I kind of hate you. Yeah, there's a problem there. I kind of hate you, I have you, an Naomi. issue with you. Yeah, I think, I think Naomi's a ding-dong, too. I, I, question, she's observant. I question it for sure. Oh, no. Her taste in men is atrocious. Yeah. Obviously. At first, when this all went down, what did she? I can't remember what her plan. I don't think she had a plan. Yeah, I don't think so either. Her purpose is not to come up with plans. Her purpose is to like point stuff out and fix things and follow orders. Be a counterpoint. No, it's to prop up this poorly developed character named Holden. <sighs> True. Because he doesn't have his own character. He has to be propped up by all these other people. Look at horrible. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Terrible. It's a terrible character. All right. And whoa, on to another Holden chapter. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. So they're talking over dinner and Naomi figures it out. Eros's purpose is to see what happens when the proto molecule is given enough mass to work with. You know, she does not have enough information to work with to have gotten there, in my opinion. Uh, but she gets there. Like it's a distributed intelligence, and it's going to get smarter. How does how does she know? I'll answer that question for you. Please do. We only see things from Holden and Miller's perspective. What the heck has Alex been doing this whole time on the ship? What does a like? What are they doing on the ship? Naomi's the one who's like calling through the data pad and looking through all this information like she's getting all the information. Yeah, that's what she's doing. We just don't see her doing it. Going back to it's just kind of written poorly so that it stands out to you 
that, wait, how did she get all this information? Well, she is getting the information. There should have been a Naomi chapter where she's going through the data and she figures it out. Besides splitting up the work, I just don't think the chapter should have been split up like that anyway. But I'm inclined to agree with you. But um, because we're we missed out on those things, that stands out to you. <laughs> we have to be more careful how we select books in the future. <laughs> that's that's what's that's the fact. We will next time, hopefully. Oh yeah, trust me. All right, so they arrive back at Tycho Station with a lot more information than they left with, which is good. That's what you want in an investigation, right? Yes. And I gotta say, like by the time we get to this point in this in this chapter. I've I've come to the conclusion that Fred is a ding-dong. The smartest people in the galaxy are ding-dongs. Like, nobody's got a brain in their shoulders. The, I think a lot of it is the people who are supposedly in charge, like the politician element, they're just being bought and paid for by this other element, this the corporation side, the protogen, the who's ever actually studying this thing those are the real people in charge or at least the people driving what's going on and everyone else is just kind of reacting to it that makes some sense but at the same time you know fred's supposed to have the smartest people in the world working for him and they couldn't Mm -hmm. figure out that simple thing about the drive signatures no that's that was a huge mistake i agree on that when holden and crew come back and they're like we've got this safe on our ship and it's got all this information and it's like a smoking gun and he's like i want it and they're like nope stays with us Mm -hmm. and he's like yeah okay stays with you i guess that's reasonable yeah no it's not reasonable fred it's not they're on a moving thing like you you're a much better person to hold on to that information than holden is also he has way more power than they have and yet he doesn't obviously and and yet he he doesn't. doesn't obviously he doesn't or he would use it you know, he's, he's, the, he's another one of those well, puppet characters. Yeah. It's just there to provide counterpoints so that Holden looks like a badass and it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It just makes Fred look weak. Yeah. It causes problems in the story character wise. You know what the biggest problem with the story is? Hmm. That it was written. <laughs> they should have just made it a TV show, man. They should have just skipped the step of making it a, a novel and just turned it into a TV show straight away. They wanted to sell a TV show and make a lot of money. They didn't have any interest in actually writing novels. They just had to go through that step because they one of them's working for George Martin and the other one is a non-famous, maybe sold a book or two, but not making any money novelist. But do you think it's even good for that though? For something that was written to be made into a show? I don't Well, it's great for making money, obviously. They're making tons of money. Yeah, I mean, obviously it was made into a show. Um, and it hits the bestseller list whenever it comes out. So somebody likes this. Eh, those things don't really m- always mean all that much to me. It means it's making money. Uh, yes, but it doesn't always tell you purpose. how it's making that money. I don't care. That's its purpose, right? It doesn't tell you who's actually buying the book. If people are actually buying the book. Well, I mean, I bought it. Like fans. I bought it to read it. It's right here. I won't well, buy I the next too. one. I won't buy the next one, and I won't buy any of the f- subsequent ones. But you know, libraries are buying it. it uh, whatever, man. It's mm-hmm. not a bad story. It's poorly told. It's interesting, you know. Like there's zombies, and there's it's the sort of story that's story. way more interesting if the characters involved have 
some some more meaning, some more drive, some no, more involvement right. in what's you're, actually happening. You were correct, but it's not the story's fault that the people that came up with the story aren't good at writing. No, no, for sure. But like, wouldn't it? Like, do you think it would be more interesting if we got a little bit like if there's really no reason for this to be a mystery for certain information to be kept from us uh, when it is it doesn't really forward the plot in an interesting way i don't know i'm not i'm not a i'm not a writer really i don't yeah I don't, i'm I don't not know. either i don't know the answers to how to fix their problem but that's not my problem i'm not an editor mm -hmm. i'm just a very very disappointed reader yeah well i'm i'm just trying to figure out why we didn't like it. I mean, we know why we didn't like it. We've been talking about it. Oh, and we're going to continue. Yeah, so let's do that. the problems continue. So here we go. Yeah? Yep. All right. So what did I have here? Miller thinks to ask Havelock about the mysterious station that they're looking for. Mm. Yes. No, it took me a minute to realize that I was talking about Havelock, even though I said his name out loud. But it's like... It's one of those things where you're just like, you know, of course, Havelock, the low, the most recent hire of Protogen. He conveniently went and got a job with Protogen. He conveniently is the most recently hired person on their staff, and he conveniently knows the location of their secret base. Right. He's not getting crapped on like he was before. Why would he know where their secret base is? The, the only explanation would be he's assigned there, and I don't think he is. No, he's not. There. No, he's not. It and these aren't the type of security forces to be just letting anybody know what's going on. Yeah, we've got a wiki. Because Anybody that needs to know anything about the, here's your, here's your benefits manual, your right. employee handbook. Here's all of our secrets. Don't tell anyone. They're secrets. Yeah. He already knows about how all the operation works. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous that he would know where the secret base is. Mm -hmm. But Miller asks him about it and he gets the information. He's like, don't tell anyone. They'll kill me. What? <laughs> 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 is this how they test all their new employees? Here's the oh. secret base. Uh, right. They know. Havelock, they know. Yeah. Uh, wow. Whatever. All right. So... Holden makes Miller cry. Oh, <laughs> Holden makes Miller cry <laughs> by being his friend. Uh, he's like, I want you on my ship. And Holden and Miller's like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, and that was a Miller chapter. He's in a bad place, apparently. If Miller, if Miller thinks, yeah, no, it's bad. It's bad. Okay. Anyway, I'm not, I, nothing more to say about that. Moving on. What chapter are we on now? 20, 39. All right. Chapter 39. So they're they're detailing their plan. And then I guess there's a change of plans because they didn't realize there were two ships that were going to be at this station that they're off to. Mm. But that's the plan is to go to this secret installation pretending to be flotsam going through space and then surprise, we're actually a ship and we're going to take over. But there's two ships there, two stealth ships. So it doesn't go as well as they expected it to. But it's fine. They, you know, they almost get blown up, but they don't. And then they take over the station. No big deal. It's pretty easy, in fact. It's an exciting space battle, though, right? Yeah. It's action. It's space action the way it was meant to be written. Quote, George Martin. What's his actual quote? Interplanetary adventure the way it ought to be written. All right, George, you shut up.
You just pretty generic. Up. Pretty generic. All right. So anyway, the assault forces land on the station, and then they start just working toward the ops center. And guess who's there? It's Mr. Dresden, the sociopath from the video, the salesman. He's actually there on the on. He's there. That's convenient, also. Yes. So he's not just a salesman. Right. He's like the brains behind everything, and he's there on the ship. It's ridiculous. Yeah, he's real cool. Even after they they shoot everybody around and they take over the, you know, he's he's real cool about it. He's just like, oh yes, well now it's time to negotiate, I suppose. Fred, who did accompany them on this assault, mm-hmm. he says, um, "All the world's kingdoms, or whatever. If I just bow down and worship for one time, or whatever." And Dresden's mm-hmm. like, "I don't understand the reference. But it's a reference to making a deal with the devil. Mm. And that's it's from the Bible. You might have heard of it. It's the most popular book in the world. Um, I've heard of it. All right, chapter forty-one. Holden and crew. So Dresden is the devil, is what you're telling me." Well, that's what Fred thinks. Yeah, Holden and his crew—they're you know—they're on the ship. They meet up with all the Marines and stuff, and they get to ops because for whatever reason, this this guy is just like the center of the world. He is actually the center of the universe. Now that I come to think of it, duh. <laughs> well, no wonder he's a narcissist. You know, everywhere he goes, like really important people are like, "We need you with us." Yeah, for, he's the most important thing. He's very important. He's so, crucial. Yeah, he actually, yeah, the world wouldn't go on without him. So he was right when they were on Eros. Yeah, he was right. So Dresden's answering a bunch of questions that they're doing this thing. They, they murdered one and a half million people, I guess is what it was, mm. on Eros Station in order to find out what would happen if this proto-molecule is released with a lot of biomass. And he's real cool about his answers and it's good for humanity. And it's like, there's somebody out there that wanted to destroy us and we're going to use this to reverse engineer all their technology. And then we're going to go and, you know, expand into the universe. Oh, he explains also that they modified their scientists. They made them all sociopaths. Right. So that they wouldn't have a problem doing the stuff that they were going to have to do to run this experiment. They don't feel emotions. Well, they didn't actually make them sociopaths. They made them psychopaths. Anybody can make that mistake. When the, when the scientists are attacking the boarding crew with kitchen knives, that's not a sociopath. That's a psychopath. They they basically made it so that they're they're singularly goal oriented. They're focused yeah. on one goal, and anything that goes against it, they will like just fight to the death to complete that goal. Anyway, that's let's fine. not nitpick. That's <laughs> There's so much other stuff to destroy in this book. So anyway, they modified their scientists, and that explains why they a lot of the guards on the station had had uh, non-lethal weapons instead right. of real guns. So it was real cakewalk for the boarding team. Right. It's just to keep the the crazies in line in case they uh, just really in case they get out. bored with their job. They might start killing each other. So, so next chapter is a Miller chapter, and straight away he just shoots Dresden in the head, and then twice in the chest, and kills him. <laughs> Boom. It's like, nope, this is this guy's bad news. Bam, 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 bam. And it was basically because he was already talking everybody in the room out of thinking he was the bad guy. Right. Everybody was buying it. Well, I was too. As a yeah. reader, I'm like, that does make sense. Well, that's the kind of the that the I don't know about classic argument, but the whole like the ends justifies the means. Eugenics and ends justify the means arguments and all yeah. that. And uh, one and a half million people is a small you, price to pay. 
yeah. If you want to think about it in those terms, it's easy to go along with it. Well, he had it, obviously already convinced some very important people on earth. Right. That it was well, worth doing. Money, right? I'm sure there's a lot of money involved with that. I'm sure and there power. Is too. And power. Look, if if our governments, the world governments, right now came face to face with the crisis similar to this one. I guarantee you there would be some atrocities committed in the name of progress to meet the threat of an alien species that might be coming to destroy us. Yes. I, they yeah. wouldn't, there would be, I'm sorry, people would make sacrifices and this guy has a reasonable. Yes, argument. but they wouldn't tell us in that way. They would just do it. Which is what happened on Eros. Yes, 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 yes. They, they were like, yeah, well, I this is our you. test tube. We're doing it here. It is exactly what would happen. <laughs> yeah. So he, his argument was so convincing that Miller just killed him. Mm-hmm. to avoid him being able to talk his way out of trouble and continuing the experiment, he was like, nope, you're dead, boom, gotcha. I would say Miller's probably, he was definitely the only person in that room who was going to be able to do that. He's at a place where he's given up. Like He's only living to fight for Julie's, to fight for Julie still. Well, this is revenge now. He's pretty singularly focused and... Well, I think Naomi was the only one that could get that job done. If that's the job that needed to be done. Naomi explains his actions here in subsequent chapters quite a while later. Mm. And I think she's got it right on, but we'll get there. Nevertheless, as soon as he does it, Holden acts like the giantest baby on the planet. Like, I can't believe you did something that I don't approve of. And he's like, get your own ride home. You're not coming with us. There was a moment when they were on series when the vomit zombie thing was going on. He's like, Holden told Miller, you can't shoot anybody else unless I tell you you can. It's like, all right. You okay, huh. boss? Settle down. You're not yeah, he has an overinflated opinion of his value, worth, and et cetera. Yeah. They strip the station of material and personnel. And they take off. They go back to Tycho with all the spoils, essentially. Did they kill the scientists or did they leave them? They took them. They just took them. Okay. Yeah, they took them. And then Miller's left in the situation where he's hot swapping bunks with Diogo, that kid that was on the assault force. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know what hot swapping bunks is, it's when it's like shift, you know, the bed takes shift work. Like as soon as you get up, the guy comes home and goes to bed and then you're off to work. And then mm-hmm. you come home from work and you go to bed and he goes up and gets off to work. And that's what they're doing. And Miller's already overstayed his welcome with this kid. And then Miller has to go and find Amos and Naomi. And it's like real awkward. And Amos gives his speech about the boss, you know, the captain. He's a real, he's a real righteous guy. And if he says you're out, you're out. And I'm like, well, he's not. I don't, I mean, do you think Holden is righteous? Like, by definition, do you think he has moral superiority over everybody? He's killed more people than anybody in this book. He's been personally responsible for more death than anybody, except Protogen, maybe. I think in his own head, he definitely Apparently, his crew thinks he's righteous as well, though. I I don't understand Amos's point of view. I can't see it. Because he doesn't come off like a total idiot. He's smart in his own way, like that whole street smart way. Like, and well, he, as Miller has pointed out, you know, he's the one that has like most of the training. He's been involved in the firefights. He's also a nuclear physicist. Just saying. 
Yeah, I don't believe that Amos would be so on board like that. Well, I mean, it's just like everybody says that Holden is righteous and like a stand-up guy. And like, I just don't see it. They don't view him as making the wrong decision. I guess they're not noticing that people are just dying all over the place because of him. Right. No, they're obviously not. (laughs) He started the war between Earth and Mars single-handedly. He started the war between Mars and the belt single-handedly. He's viewing, Amos is viewing his dumb moves as righteous moves. Yeah, because he does what he thinks is right. And it doesn't matter the consequences. He's going to do what he thinks is right. And that's what right. That's not righteousness. That's an asshole. Mm-hmm. That is a, like a recalcitrant. He's not very good either at taking in other ideas and putting that into his thought process either, or his decision-making process. That's because he's a narcissist. Yeah. It's yeah. always his thoughts yeah. that really <laughs> drive him. Yes. So yeah, I've got I've got notes here that Holden's recent broadcast got a lot of people killed. His second broadcast, I don't remember really if it got anybody killed or not, but mm-hmm. his first one certainly did. Yeah. And then I've got the question: Is he righteous? And I just that I don't think he is. I don't no, think. He is. I don't. I think, think so. it's a mistake to believe in this guy. I think it's a huge mistake for his crew to follow him. And, and considering um, all the things that Amos must have seen in his life. It doesn't make sense why no, he would. It doesn't. In think fact, that Holden he should is righteous. Be, he should be backing Naomi to take over and get rid of Holden because mm-hmm. Holden does not make good decisions. Right. And anybody could anybody would be better at his job than he is. Naomi would be far superior at that job than he is. And Amos, you know, the other thing is. It's a miracle that there's no rivalry on their ship. It's just that it's like it's it's an it's an oasis of peace and everybody gets along and there's yeah Amos yeah. has no reason he 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 admits at some point in time that he's into Naomi and he would do her in in a heartbeat if she'd let him. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't have any resentment towards Holden. Right. Bullshit. Bullshit. It's, it's right and especially the way holden is well the especially the way amos is amos is genuinely an alpha male mm-hmm. right holden is a beta male at best yes but a coddled spoiled yeah. shit yes amos could bend him in half and just break him then why like yes i agree with you about amos but yet they write him as almost a, a beta male not an alpha male they, because yeah, they he fought, yeah, he fought like his some of his first descriptors are like he follows Naomi around like a puppy dog or or uh does you know everything Naomi says and da, 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 da. but yet we get those moments of Amos where we know like he's not like that, but yet they write him to be like that. I think it's just again, it's poor writing, it's yeah, it's not following through with the character or writing them how they would be talking, and yet Amos might be my favorite character in the book. I, Amos is my favorite character, I'd say, in the book. But I like Miller a lot. Still, don't get a lot of him. No, we don't. We don't. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. To chapter forty-three. And notice how we just don't talk about Alex. We just don't talk what, about it. There's nothing to say. But you know what? With everything that's gone on, all the stuff that's happening, he's a Martian. Like going back to what you said, they're all la ti da and friends. Like there's no, it doesn't seem to be too much conflict except when maybe they have 
different decisions about what they want to do maybe the only alex wouldn't have stronger emotions about what's going on well i don't know yeah and then we, we get more information about the earth oh so what's going on is they're back on tycho station and they're their ship is being repaired so they've been there for a while and there's some some woman in charge of the repairs and holden's kind of like hey that lady's kind of like uh hey, interesting i'm interested right and the ship's like at 90 percent repaired it's ship it's flyable if they need to and etc and we know now that the the tensions between earth and mars are getting worse not better and um miller goes and visits holden to get some closure maybe i don't really know what the purpose of that visit was yeah that, that sure closure sure yeah and then we get then we get some sexy time with naomi Ugh. and this was the Ugh. first time i wrote down holden as a narcissist god that's the first time you wrote it down huh it's the first time i wrote it down um because i think it's kind of undeniable by this point um just look at the stuff that he says and thinks on page 439. I was just looking at the bottom of that page. I effed everything up. He, oh, Everyone so who tried to help us. Or that it's all about him. It's well, all about him. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Even the stuff that's not really about him. Like, he had nothing to do with the Doniger getting blown up. He had nothing to do with the Canterbury getting blown up. And yet he's <laughs> like, it was, all, it was my fault. No, it's not your fault, you dumbass. I need a win, Naomi. I need to do something that makes a difference. Me, uh, you've done a lot of things that have made a difference. Yeah, and gotten a lot of people killed. God. He's supposed to be the hero for crying out loud. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it's just it's blatant. In that in that paragraph, it's just blatant what his mm -hmm. problem is. Mm-hmm. And and why I hate him. And why I think everybody should hate him. I don't think anybody that reads this book should be like, Holden's awesome. I don't I don't get it either. So now I'm going to ask you, has Miller done anything that endangered Holden and crew? Because he's being treated as though at any minute he's going to kill them all. He saved Holden's life numerous times. This is what I think. So Holden, when Holden and Miller were... Uh, Eros. Eros. And all that stuff was going down. And like Holden saw what Miller was capable of, let's say. Um, the, uh, the rest of the crew didn't see all of that go down so i guess just because he shot the guy they think he's a uh you know a wild card uh someone that's i don't know that's the only thing that he did to threaten the crew even though it didn't threaten them the only it's like they're being self-righteous for some reason it's like holden's rubbing off on them it's mostly Holden, and later on, Naomi does defend Miller, but it's all, it's way too late. Like, she comes to his defense way too late. Yeah. You know, like, he's already on a suicide mission at the end of the book, and she's like, you know he's on our side, right? And Holden's like, what do you mean? So, like, her defense is, is absolutely too late. Holden's of the opinion that at any minute, like, Miller's going to get them all killed, and, like, Miller has done absolutely nothing but save their tails. It's re and it's ridiculous, and they saw from the first moment Naomi saw him, she knows that he knew Julie and was pretty upset or touched or shaken up or you know affected by Julie and all of this. So like he obviously has a good motivation, a positive motivation, let's say, yeah, for 
not like he doesn't want these horrible things to happen to people but yet because he shot that guy you guys are flipping out yes it's quite bizarre it is bizarre especially considering everything they've been through and seen up to this point all right so chapter 44 back to miller eros has begun broadcasting gibberish on like open channels everybody can listen to it and people are like mixing music to it and stuff and it's like right. pretty hardcore and miller's like yep that's hardcore <laughs> miller's he's dwelling on suicide and julie and like he realizes that his like he's got he's got nothing you know he doesn't have a job he doesn't have any real reason to live he doesn't have any friends uh he doesn't have a crew he's like his investigation home. is dead. It's over. There's nothing for him to do. He's, his purpose is over. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of suicidal, basically. He could go get a job with Havelock. Yeah, well, That's he immediately turns himself around, which is an admirable trait, wouldn't you say? He's, he's dwelling yeah. on this stuff, and he's like, I should kill myself. And he's like, you know what? No, I'm just going to go get a job. So he starts looking for a job. And he ends up in front of Fred because he can't get a job as security because he's overqualified. It's kind of like problems that teachers have when they've been working for too long. Right. They, they cost too much money. Nobody wants to hire them, that kind of stuff. Mm. So he ends up with Fred. He gets hired on as a consultant, but Fred's like, as soon as they ask me to, I'm going to throw you to the wolves. So welcome aboard. Yeah, it's fine by him. So his advice to Fred immediate like his first consulting gig is what would you do about eros and he's like destroy it completely and utterly drive it into the sun use your Miller big is shit. actually the righteous one as opposed to holden agreed completely agreed and, and you can argue that that's not a correct view either you know some people that are have the view of dresden let's say in the killing dresden the view no dresden's argument of like this is a positive thing and blah 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 blah, blah. whereas okay. holden or miller's like uh no we I mean, this is horrible dangerous you can't do this to people i'm saying you can argue against miller's thoughts as well if you're the uh, if you're like dresden you can but it doesn't but hold as very far well. as black and white good and evil is concerned miller is the righteous one in the story yeah he makes hard decisions even though he knows what's going to happen to him is bad exactly and he does it again and again and again so yes exactly. holden is not righteous no and i would also argue that whenever he makes a decision i don't think he ever thinks about the consequences who holden yeah holden no no yeah, he's living he in a fantasy makes land makes a decision and that's it no he no no you're you've yeah. got you nailed it jill you yeah. uh, excuse me blab yes you've nailed yeah. it yes miller is genuinely righteous Hold is, holden is a stand-in a yeah. fraud so yes the hard Do you decision think they did that purposefully no i'm just trying to give them a little benefit of the doubt i don't know so yeah miller advises them to destroy eros to use that big ship that the mormons commissioned to drive it into the sun i thought that's what he was recommending but actually no he's recommending that you strapped eros with nuclear weapons and then you use the now vu to hit it like a billiard ball <laughs> <laughs> Does that seem reasonable to you? It sounds silly. It sounds like a Looney Tunes cartoon or something. It's, yeah. No, you're right. It's, <laughs> I mean, maybe strap the engines of that thing onto the rocket and sh drive it into the sun, but hit it like a billiard ball? No. No, I don't think so. Anyway, that's the, that Fred's like, that's a great idea. Okay. Sounds crazy to me. 
All right. Oh, my note, my first note on chapter 45, I hate Holden. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, so all I have for this chapter is that Miller explains the, the next phase of the plan to Holden. You're going to defend Eros until it can be destroyed in your ship with your crew and that it's a dumb plan but they're going to do it anyway and then there's some posturing from holden where he just talks blah 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 yeah i i don't have anything to add. i don't know what he uh, said but i know how i felt about it based on my notes that it was empty bullshit yeah this is just telling us what's going to be happening in the next few chapters basically yep there you go all right so chapter yeah. 46 back to miller thank the lord the the mormon crew on Tycho is all pissed off <laughs> because oh, i would be too i mean i don't know if i would riot well how much money did they pay for this thing i mean technically i guarantee you i guarantee you that the mormon crew on Tycho didn't pay anything for it I, the mormons whoever is financing this project it's not oh, Tycho. billions yeah billions billions upon billion maybe trillions they are they feel strongly about their religion yes i understand that but they're I, they're rioting on the station and this man, book likes riots yep they like it's it's their go-to for large-scale conflict yeah not, not large-scale but like population scale this is conflict. what the people think riot riot yeah. yeah it's it's a form of communication um so the rosinante is already en route to eros like wouldn't you think like they'd maybe mm, like i could see them maybe strapping their bodies to something or well, they were they were they were hiding they were stowing away that's they were right. sabotaging they, it that's right that's where i got that idea from them doing that <laughs> did you forget it's <laughs> a forgettable chapter hey you know whatever i'm not worried too much about the mormons in in this book and that's all i'm saying so miller and crew are nearing departure um the rosinante is already on its way the mars navy has slagged phoebe's science station which says that they have they've somebody released the information it wasn't holden but somebody released the information about phoebe station and mars is taking their revenge who do you think do we find out who released it um i don't think we do who do you think released it it's very likely fred did or through opa channels opa yeah i mean he's got the information i mean right. the first person that would have gotten that information after holden and his crew would have been fred yeah so it's very likely it came out through the opa makes sense and i think that the purpose of that was to kind of alleviate the stress between the opa and mars but there are Mars and Earth are going at it. So who knows? They might have just slagged the science station in revenge. But anyway, I think the speculation is that somebody's told them. Yeah. Back to Holden on the ship. The Rosinante and crew are converging on the UN science vessel called the Lyle or something like that. Mm -hmm. Which has an escort. Um, which they're they're obviously heading straight to Eros. It was like the inter you know those those episodes maybe you don't know. You didn't watch Star Trek, did you? uh some periodically there would be a science vessel on its way somewhere and they'd get into trouble and then the enterprise sure. would have to swoop in and rescue them or yeah, sure. escort them through enemy held territory or something like that. that's what's going on here we've got a escort vessel 
which is whatever military vessel and a science vessel heading to Euro station, trying to get a sample. Um, okay. So the Rosinante gets in the way of the ship and says, we can blow you out of the sky if you don't stop now. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to stop here. And then they call for help. They call, they call their bigger brothers to come and get the Rosinante out of the way. Um, and then, then this chapter is where we get the explanation where Naomi tells Holden that Miller was right to shoot Dresden. It was the right thing to do. It was the belter thing to do that he, this man was a threat to everything that's going on in the belt and he's not safe to have out there mm -hmm. and killing him was the right thing to do. So she comes to his defense way too late. What happens to precede that? Like, why did she... Bring it up now. I'm not going to reread the chapter to answer that question. <laughs> um, I don't remember what preceded that. I don't remember um, it either. But, but considering know, that they did they have sex in that last chapter, is that what happened? I'm just ignoring all that stuff. I, I just I'm asking. I'm only asking remember. because at this point I feel like they're intimate enough or close enough or like spending enough time together to where that may have come up before I, or should have come up before. Yeah, my, it definitely should have come up earlier. She should have defended Miller. Yeah. Before. Um, Especially being a belter, I, I find it odd that they don't have a little bit more of a camaraderie. Yeah. If, considering what we've learned about the belt. Yeah, I agree. Um, from the early chapters, it kind of doesn't make sense to me now that I think about it. No, apparently she she can read his mind or whatever, but she you know she understands his motivations, but not enough that she will defend him when it's important. She she'll always wait till it's too late. I'm I guess I'm surprised that they don't they're they don't they're not more in sync with like a belter attitude. You know, you're asking for them to be reasonable about how they put the story together, but I'm guessing it didn't fit the checkbox. I I agree, but it, I'm just pointing these things it out. Threw the spreadsheet off completely. Yeah. So they were like, nope, not happen, not coming in this book. Your reason and rational thinking, pff, throw it away. I mean, she should have been. Nobody will notice. Um, she should have been a way bigger counterpoint to Holden. Um. Yeah, but then he might have stayed on the ship. Throughout this whole book. Yeah, but he might have then been able to stay on the ship where he couldn't have done what he needs to do for the rest of the book. <sighs> right. So oh, he that's... needed to get kicked off. So it was an artificial conflict <laughs> that needed to occur in order for Miller to get kicked off of Holden's ship. So Naomi couldn't defend him when he needed to be defended because we, the reader, need Miller not to be on that ship. Right? Man, I feel like the show does that better. I'm trying... Of course they while, did it better. It's television. I um, mean, they, they do create... They create. There's more scenarios where Naomi and Holden are not on the same page. As it should be. As anyway... So this chapter, we also see Holden maybe thinking, maybe, it was probably pointed out by Naomi because she's the only one smart, but maybe Miller did something that Holden didn't want him to do, and so he's mad because I'm the captain. You do what I want. Now, well, I'm the narcissist and the important person in the universe, and you're, you're acting outside of my plan for the world, so I don't like you anymore. Couldn't the opposite also be said that maybe he's mad because... I don't know. No, because he, he wouldn't have killed. what Miller no. did as self-righteous and he didn't make that, or as, as righteous and he didn't make that righteous choice. You can make that argument, but Holden would never have killed Dresden. Right? He would have made sure that he got arrested and, and put to trial. 
I guess so. But then I think back to the, I guess because, see, Holden has to have something right in his face for him to really care about it, like that dead kid, right? Oh, you're saying so he's the, myopic, yeah. The dead kid triggered him into a little, a small little rampage. Dude, okay, but, so to me, that's far more concerning. You know, he panicked, essentially. He, his emotions yes, made him yes. make bad decision. Yes. So that's far more concerning than Miller casually shooting this guy in the head because he's obviously calculating this guy's a danger to us all. Bam. Yeah. I, I, I'm just saying in opposition to have what Holden was thinking at that moment, then what Holden's thinking in this moment, it's just interesting to point out, I think. Yeah. Um, Holden is yeah. an unreasonable character. Yeah. All right. Chapter yes. 48, Miller. Protogen's involvement has come out. It's made public. Everybody knows. So like things between Earth and Mars kind of de-escalate a little bit because now there's like there's a scapegoat over here. It's like this company was manipulating people on Earth and within the Earth government. And that's why we destroyed your you know, station and your moon and shot a bunch of people and murdered people for, you know, sorry, Protogen made us do it. Does it come out by the end who's involved with what as far as Protogen is concerned? I don't think so. Okay, well then I'm just going to say this. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I think it's pretty clear. If the, both of them are kind of like taking a step back because this Protogen information came out. All it does is make me think they're both involved with the protogen stuff. <laughs> That's what that makes you think? Uh, well, if mm, a Doesn't big make... corporation, a big company is all about the money, right? They want the money to do the research. They want the money to do whatever it is they're going to do to get done. And they're going to get it from any source they can. They stated and they're going to sell it to all governments. Not necessarily. They they stated explicitly in that psychopath letter to investors that Protogen could become the most powerful entity in human history. Mm -hmm. So that's their motivation. Sure, they want to become the most powerful entity in human history. That just goes to my point. That, that doesn't mean they're going to share. No, no, no. It's not about sharing necessarily. It's about getting what they need from Earth or all Mars. sources. Whoever. Yeah, we're going to tell Earth that we can do da, 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 this for them. We're doing that. Oh, we tell Mars, you know, da, 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 da. I'm not saying that that is what's happening. There's no way that, let's say, let's say Mars was their investor and whatever happens goes down and Mars isn't really involved anymore. Uh, you can't tell me that Earth wouldn't step right in and take up that mantle. No, uh, as, yeah, the, the protogen is investor? bigger than governments and, uh, well. Yeah. Corporations, right? I don't know what my point is. I think I understand what you're my, getting my at. My point is that I would not be surprised if there was somebody from both governments uh, having conversations with people from Protogen. I'm sure you're correct, but it, it does So seem... once the Protogen information comes out, it's like, all right, step back for a second. We can't have all of the information come out. Yeah, because not everybody was complicit. That yes, that's even true. on Earth, not everybody in the government of Earth was in on it. Some no, that were, that could never be. There's no way. It would have to be way, a way more clandestine operation. And it was, and that's yeah. why Earth and Mars stopped. You know, they they didn't stop, but you know, the hostilities lessened because 
that connection was made and mm-hmm. people on earth with a little bit more reason right were able to hey that what this was going on yep that was going on well i'll be damned not in my watch kind of thing right well right and then, and the people that know what's going on have to take a step back because now they don't want to be exposed well the scandal will certainly be worse than a marital scandal right yeah all right so chapter 48 miller yeah so they de-escalation occurred between mars and earth and then miller's ship is docking to eros with all those nukes and they're the guys are spreading out and they're strapping these nukes down and they're putting these proximity sensors on them and and miller's like nah i'm gonna stay here you guys go on back i my life is over now i got no purposes no meaning i'm just gonna stay here and die like an old man and they're like okay bye and they fly away yeah so he watches as the nauvoo approaches supposed to it's supposed to make contact he's expecting to die it's supposed to make contact and like knock that rock for a loop right send it you know to the sun mm-hmm. and the ship is coming in and then it's like why didn't the ship hit and the ship just goes blasting by he's like wait a minute why how did they miss and it's because eros dodged right the whole what the is eros again uh, it's an asteroid an asteroid the asteroid just slightly moved out of the way yeah real fast which is ridiculous. And Miller didn't feel a thing. He's wearing magnetic boots. Like if that thing dodged quickly enough to, you know, avoid a missile, basically, mm-hmm. then it moved pretty quick and it should have thrown him right off. And it didn't. Right. He's on the outside. He was watching it from the outside, mm-hmm. not inside. So Eros is approximately 10 miles in diameter and its mass in pounds is 14 quintillion. 742 trillion 310 billion pounds really heavy it's massive literally like <laughs> understatement small. Right? i mean 10 miles across doesn't seem that big eros yep. is really big and it just dodged a missile mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, Ho- and miller didn't feel a thing so it has like inertial dampening going on although why it would need to provide him with inertial dampening i'm ugh, maybe that's just a side effect of being yeah. like alien. Wait, th- there's no explanation. Holden? Chapter 49, Holden. Holden and crew witness the dodge. They see it on their scopes and they're like, huh? That shouldn't have happened. And then Eros takes off towards the sun, inner, inner, towards the inner system. And it disappears from radar at the same time. And because then, it's going so fast? No, just disappears from radar. It becomes invisible. Another side effect. Another side effect, yep. Because it's alien, of course they can't see it, and naturally sure. that makes sense. So the Rosinante and the Earth ships take off in pursuit, and they they estimate that it's ninety percent likely it's heading towards Earth. And then Fred's plan to detonate some of the mines on Eros in hopes to divert its course, like that's their best plan right now, is like, well, if we blow up some of the mines, it might go sideways. And I guess Holden calls Miller and he's like, yeah, I'm still on Eros. Like, what are you doing on Eros? Where did he think he was off this off on whatever ship the belters left off of? Yeah. Back on the way to Tycho. Who knows? Mm -hmm. What does he care anyway? Right. I don't know. I mean, they shared some moments. Like they've shared moments. None of them good. 
Yeah, but those things bond people, don't do they not? I mean, they almost died together. Holden kicked him off his ship because he's a little baby. Ugh, God. Basically. And he's yeah. not able to think about anybody but himself and his dick. So And uses the excuse that it's like to protect his crew or whatever. Well, he's part of his crew, so yeah, genuinely he is thinking about protecting his crew. Mm, you're right about that. He's actually not lying to himself. He's 25% of his own crew, and without them, he couldn't run that ship. So, Oh my gosh, you're so right. I am, I am. Oh. All right, chapter 50, Miller. He is arming a nuclear device, and he puts it on a cart, and he gets inside of Eros. And he's like, I'm going to go blow the brains of this thing up. Because he realizes that it's thinking for itself at this point. Right. So whatever happened to Julie, that thing is thinking. Does and he find, does he discover what the noise is yet? No, it's not till chapter 52. Oh, okay. He realizes it in chapter 52. Okay. So chapter 50, he's arming the nuclear device. He puts it on a little hand cart and he gets it inside. And Naomi sends him a, a dead man switch so that the bomb will go off if he gets killed. Right. Kind of like a safety protocol or whatever. And then he says goodbye and then hangs up because he doesn't like goodbyes. Yeah, sure. Makes sense. Sure. Chapter yes. 51, Holden. <laughs> Unable to keep up with the, Ro the Rosinante has to drop out of the race. Like his crew is getting flattened. He's getting flattened. He doesn't care about his crew, but him, obviously, he's, his testicles are sore. So he's no longer going to chase this thing down. And then yeah. the Earth ship is Discomfort. like... We noticed that you stopped. We'll stop too. And he's like, that's probably a good idea. <laughs> they take their orders from this asshole? I don't think so. So, and then Holden remembers the transponders on the docked ships, the transports. And he's like, mm -hmm. we could see it if those transponders turned on. It's like, why does Holden figure this stuff out and Fred can't? It makes no sense. That, that should have already been well maybe not i mean they can't the minute they, it went invisible yes somebody on tycho station would be like bloop flip a switch and then they'd be like there it is and the person or the person in charge would be like how do we get visual on this thing on it sir like whatever yeah it wouldn't have been holden he's not capable of deep thought so no anyway. and he's also not in charge of the mission that's true too yeah that's true too <sighs> That's the other thing. It seems like everyone else is always like touching back onto the Rosinante and Holden and what like they think they should do. Yeah, they're so vital to this process. <sighs> it's ridiculous. It is. All right. So then Miller calls and he's like, hey, we've got a problem. I get this is when he figures it out that Julie's alive. Right. Well, right. Like all the noise that's been coming from Eros and all those sounds. Yeah. Were all of the. It was everybody on Eros. Yeah. But he's hearing Julie, or she's coming through more prominently. Well, what she said, what, what was broadcast, and what he heard was, you can't catch me, something right. like that. And that's when he realized that that's Julie, and she thinks she's racing. Back to the pinnace comes back into play. Yay. That important pin, racing pinnace. <laughs> Her razorback. Because it yeah. actually says, you can't sell my Razorback. Mm -hmm. And he's like, huh? Wait a minute. And then you're not, you'll never catch me, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. And he's like, that's Julie. Yeah. He knows he, that th that's her underneath yeah. all of it. 
and he figures out she's racing home. Right. So he calls the Rosinante and he's like, we've got a problem. What he's speculating then is that not so much that Julie's alive, but like her consciousness. Or maybe he does think that she's alive, but he definitely knows or thinks or understands that her consciousness is running the show here is kind of in charge of eros seems to be because yeah. she's outrunning the other ships and she dodged right. the missile and right. the the words that are coming out over the speakers or whatnot that he's hearing the broadcast corresponds to somebody who's delusionally racing yes so maybe it's just a dream version. You know, maybe she's unconscious and dreaming. Who knows? But Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't know. We don't know. But it, her it's actual happening. State, her actual it's state happening. is a mystery. And he thinks he can, like, get to her, like, find the heart of this thing. Well, he wants to blow it up. He wants to kill it. And then he thinks he can talk her out of it. He doesn't want to So it's a change her. of plans. Well, no. No, he loves this woman. Right. He's fantasized about this woman. Put her up on this pedestal. Well, I don't know if that's fair. He has, though. I don't know. He's talked about he falls, fall, fell in love with her. Yes, all because she thing. represents all of the parts of him that got washed away because of the job that he took. I mean, he even talks about how the way he imagines her is probably not what she's like at all. You and know, that, like that He acknowledges being... what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Unlike someone like Holden would have been. Doing. Well, he's self-aware, unlike yeah. someone like Holden. Well, not only do they have a problem, they have two problems. Because when Earth realized that this thing was coming towards Earth, they launched every nuclear device they had to on an intercept course. And Miller wants them to not hit quite so fast. He thinks he can talk them out of it talk her out of hitting earth if he can find her but he needs more time so this chapter chapter 53 it's a holden chapter so not a good one um it's negotiating with fred to give miller more time and the bargaining chip that they've got is this safe with all of the protogen data on their ship they're like we'll give it to you fred if you will just help us figure out how to slow these missiles down, which of course they do. They, they, they know somehow how to do it. If you were Fred and Holden's like, Hey, um, Miller's on this thing. He thinks Julie's like alive or something. He's going to like try to talk this thing into changing course. Uh, can you give him some time? Nope. What? <laughs> nope. Wouldn't you be like, what are you talking about? You sound like a crazy person talking to uh, this asteroid or space station to what? What are you talking about? <laughs> yes, we all saw the Dodge thing, but what are you talking about? Yeah, Julie's in there. Actually, it's Akira is in there. It's ridiculous. Steering this thing, and I don't know. I stopped. I stopped asking it to make sense uh -huh. long, long ago. You know, yeah. chapter three or four, and then simply decided to focus on the stuff that made me angry. <laughs> chapter three or four. <laughs> it was. It was that long ago. It was in the first episode that we did. So it was within the first six episodes, first six chapters that we had already kind of put our finger on it and been like, eh, yeah, and Holden me. hasn't changed since. No, and asking him to change is like asking, you know, the sun not to rise. 
All right. So Holden jokingly says, okay, Miller, we've got you more time. Tell her to go to Venus instead. And uh, so fortunately, we move on to a Miller chapter. Chapter 54, Miller. He's busy recharging his oxygen because it turns out he's been trudging through Eros for 30 hours. That's insane. Looking for this. Yeah. Um, and he's been working through the problem of where to find Julie. So he does eventually find her. He uses logic and reason to figure it out. You know, he's like, well, it would be warmer to go there and then blah, blah. And then where would they keep her? Maybe they didn't ever move her. And he finds her in some kind of containment area, a reasonable place to put a body like hers, I guess. I don't know, whatever. I guess 30 hours then is reasonable to try to find this. I mean. On a huge station, 10 miles yeah. in diameter. Yeah. You have no idea. I mean, he doesn't know the station. He just has an intuition about where things are. Yeah. So he does find her. She is very much different, but she is also breathing. So that's kind of horrifying. But she's he describes her kind of like a mermaid. Like her legs right. are gone and she's just like tentacles and black mass and like all sorts of like beautiful spirals and stuff are coming out of her body and yeah, she's a mess and her eyes are all different and weird and Still beautiful, still Julie. But he, he does say that her chin is wider than he imagined, he fantasized, you know? Hmm. She doesn't match. Why mention that? Is that just a guy's perspective? Stereo, in a stereotypical fashion, is that just a male writer writing that? Like, what? What? Why? What? What are you talking about? The whole, like, oh, she doesn't, you know, she's not as pretty as I imagined. Or he didn't say different. pretty. He didn't say pretty. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. He said okay. that, like, the nose wasn't the way that he imagined he's acknowledging that he was fantasizing about her. Okay. I just that, like in his imagination, feet. she might've been this perfect, beautiful thing, but in reality, she's this person, she's her own thing. He's acknowledging that he put her up kind of on a pedestal and that he was not entirely correct, but he yeah. knew that all along. He knew that yeah. all along. Um, but he's, he's sitting down with her and he takes his, he takes his helmet off. And then his gloves. And I think he's like, hey, hold this button, will you? <laughs> he already knows he's getting sick. Miller does. Mm. Like, he's taken off his helmet. He's taken off his gloves. And immediately, he's like, he feels the tickle in his sinuses. And, like, he knows that he's, he's just allowed himself to be infected. Well, it's not an airborne thing, though, right? They always, There's they all sorts of stuff in there that's floating around. Okay. Yeah. You remember all the little the lighting things and yeah, yeah. The, the 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 pathogen, if you want to call it that, is not airborne, but certainly it has created little things that fly around. The whole Eros environment is this thing, basically. It's Akira. I mean, I yeah. I say it because it's where it was taken from. Like you're right. Like even the air in in and around is whatever the mo this molecule is probably. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So he knows he's getting sick, but he's there with Julie and they're, they're kind of talking. They're having this weird conversation and she thinks that she's racing and he kind of brings her out of that and is like, nah, you're kind of driving this thing. And she's like, they want something I don't understand. And he's like, I, I, I believe you, but try not to drive it to earth because you'll kill everybody. So she's. And when she's talking about they, she's talking about the aliens, the molecule, the aliens, or yeah, whatever is in 
charge of this molecule thing and not in charge as in protein. She said it's really big. Like the whole thing was kind of funny to me because it was <laughs> such uh, it was like a dick joke. It's like, well, I don't it's really what... big and <laughs> I don't know, whatever. It was funny. <laughs> That's a guy perspective. <laughs> you asked for a guy. There it is. All right. So chapter 55, Holden's chapter. The UN military vessel, Ravi, I think it is, is like, you're going to get boarded. How dare you steal our missiles? Because whatever they did worked and they now have control over the missiles that Earth launched at, mm-hmm. at Euros. And, you know, good old Holden, he's like, no, you don't want to do that. Trust me. It's not. No, it's cool, bro. It's cool. They're just going to hit late. We didn't take them away from you. We just made it to the delay. And they're like, well, okay, maybe. And then Eros reappears on everybody's screens and it changes course. And now it's heading towards Venus instead of Earth. Screw Venus. And that is the... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who cares? Um, we haven't settled that place yet. Let it crash. Crash and burn. Yeah. Yeah, let it crash and burn. Um, but anyway, it, it, it literally flies to Venus. Right. Crashes on, the, crashes on the surface? Well, you know, it doesn't crash. I'm trying to it, remember the description. It goes into orbit, and then it starts to disintegrate and fall to the surface. Right, and does it does it start making shapes or weird? That's not revealed until the epilogue, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it goes it, to Venus and goes into orbit. Stuff starts going down. Breaks it into a bunch of pieces and starts raining down on the surface. And that's the end of the book, essentially. Yeah. There's an epilogue with Fred. It's the first time we haven't. Oh, it's the second time. I guess the first one was the prologue, Julie. Right. And now we have an epilogue, Fred. Yeah. And um they're wrapping up on series station. Like this is where Fred is in his capacity as mediator between mm-hmm. Earth and Mars. Yeah, for some reason he got that job. Or did he yeah, already that's have what it? he's built to do, right? It's whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. And yeah, so he's there kind of practicing his, his speech, and then Holden shows up and is like, hey, don't forget to ask for amnesty for me and my ship. It's salvage. I, I, it's ours, mine. I'm taking it. Anyway, so they figured out that there's shapes, big crystalline structures forming on Venus now, and that's, that's where we're left. You want to know why um, Holden's there? In order to advance the plot somehow? yes or not because they didn't have if we don't um they had no clue either i mean as holden has no clue what to do now he just went back to fred johnson and uh you know it's funny because they're not on tycho they're on series oh they are yeah they're this this whole thing is taking place on series so yeah why is holden on series that makes no sense why is fred johnson on series series is the biggest port in the belt. Okay. Why not so just... It's, it's a logical place to have mediation. It's neutral territory and it's okay. the biggest port. It's most, most likely to accommodate the people. Um, that makes sense. Holden doesn't belong there. But Holden did say, tell them about Miller. He was a good man. And he uses his full name. Right? He's finally come around on this guy. Question. Why does he think Miller's a good man? Because Naomi said he was. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like from from Holden's perspective, what made him change his mind about Miller? Just because he sacrificed, he, said, he sacrificed his life to save everybody on Earth. Man, it takes right? a lot to get Holden to like you if you're not a woman. Holden killed so many people with his idiocy, <laughs> and Miller killed a handful of thugs. Right? Yeah, bad guy. Genuinely bad guys. Bad guys. Genuine bad guys. And then saved everybody on the planet Earth. Everybody. People that were hindering their mission. Billions and billions of people. He saved bill 30 billion people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes, now Holden thinks he's all right. Yeah. And Fred's like, nah, we're actually gonna use him as a symbol to get our he's a tool to me now. So I'm gonna use him the way I feel like using him. Which is probably similar in that way that at least is reasonable based on fred's character yeah he wants peace you know so he's gonna try to get peace and he's like don't worry i'm gonna tell him about miller but i'm gonna yeah 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 he's he's a great guy great guy but uh he's gonna be our poster boy don't you worry as you know he's a he was a belter that saved earth Mm -hmm. literally exactly what they wanted that's what he is to fred and that's how it stays and that, that is the end of the book joel the book really fizzles in the end, in my opinion. Is it's not a great ending? You didn't like it? Um, not really. I mean, I think it was as weak as the rest of the book. Yeah, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. It, it wasn't any weaker than any other part of the book. I, I wasn't surprised. I guess I was expecting more of an ending. I don't, I don't know what I was expecting. It seemed to wrap up being all about Miller, Miller's relationship. <laughs> Uh, with Julie. He got closure. He got his closure. There was a loop there for Miller. Yep. Again, he was the strongest portion of the book was Miller's portion. His character development was the most thorough. His story arc was the most interesting. And Uh, mm -hmm. even though it was weird and Mm -hmm. kind of cliche, it was still the best. Yeah. And the know. way the where Holden and his crew end up, like you said, like their own series, we don't really, we don't get much of anything about them or what's going on with them. When I don't care about man, them, I don't that's care. fine. But we yeah. started the book with that. Well, we started it with Julie, but you hear, we started it with the whole Canterbury thing. Like we should get a little bit more closure, or I was hoping for a little bit more of something with the crew of the Rosinante. Um, and the intrigue about the proto-molecule and what it's doing is not even enough to get me to want to, and I did read the second book, not enough to really get me to want to read the rest of the series. I'm curious, but at this point, I would be happy to just rely on the television show to tell me. Like, it takes oh, so long yeah. to read a book by comparison that I'd rather just sit down and watch the TV show because I trust that they're going to put it together, at least put the dialogue together in a way that doesn't make me want to wretch. Plus, you're getting, you're going to get more space action. You're going to get more battle action. You're, you're going to get a little bit more. Oh, you mean, you mean they're the not going to be you're locked into get, the boring parts? Yeah. You're just going to get more action in general. Well, I mean, TV knows that lesson, right? I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say you didn't really like the book very much. Mm, no, not really. I mean, there's nothing about it that made, that would make me want to recommend it to anybody. Yeah, I can't recommend it. Um, there, there wasn't one character, even including Miller, that made me go, "Oh, yeah, that okay, that was um, that was worth it." 
No. Um, Although he was the best character in the book. Right. He was the best, but it wasn't anything special. It wasn't no. anything all that interesting. It no. was just he was the best part of the book. Zero of this book was original. Yeah. There was not a single thing in this book that wasn't derivative. I mean, M- Miller, as good as, as good as his sections were, Miller's story is just a detective story that was perfected. You know, the art of the detective story was perfected in the 40s. Yeah. So there's nothing new there. We've got an Akira reference. We've mm-hmm. got zombie attack. Mm-hmm. There's literally nothing new in this story. Well, and the zombie attack was so minimal, too. It was relying on us having all of this information ahead of time also. Instead mm-hmm. of like, you know, the first time a zombie movie was mm-hmm. ever made, nobody had ever seen a zombie before. So it was mind blowing, right? But these guys just relied on us having seen those zombie movies before. So they could just say, the first zombies came out of the tube and started okay. up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Holden just calling them vomit zombies. Really, so- really lazy. You know, and no I risk, totally no risk whatsoever. Agree. They didn't take any risks with this book. They took the most popular things from popular culture in the genre yes, and yes. they smashed them all together and they made a story. I'm telling you, they didn't write this to make a good story. They wrote this to make money. But they had to have duped somebody then into making it because it's not that good. I mean, the characters aren't intriguing. Okay. But I guess, like you said, it doesn't matter. We know one of them had a connection with George Martin, who was by then very famous. And then the other one, like no knew better how to write a book. And honestly, it was it's just, it was a sci-fi show to begin with, so it wasn't even that got canceled. Right. It was like, no one's watching it. It's on the sci-fi channel. So yeah. it shouldn't have even gotten as big as it did, probably. Well, the book has sold but... many copies. I mean, it was whatever, you know, it's gotten a lot of traction and even just on its own merits as a book, like it's not I speak too harshly on it. It isn't garbage. It's not a good book. It's certainly not a great book. It's not going to be remembered in the canon. No, but for a book that's 561 pages long, it was hard to get through. Because there's nothing going on, why is there so many pages? Because they had a spreadsheet. Right. And every point on the plot needed to be covered, and they did. They covered them all. You You know know what? This book, like, it doesn't have any feeling. Yeah, there's no there there. As a whole, this is a cold book. Yeah. Anything else? I'm gonna call it there, Jill. All I'm right. gonna I'm gonna say as far as reviews go, do not read this book unless you're bored out of your mind and there's nothing else to read, or you've just learned English. Right. Even even if you're like me and you saw the show and you're like, huh, interesting. I want I bet the book's even better. There's probably like more details and more information. Um, I didn't get that out of this book. Nah. I'm going to go watch the show, and then I'll, you know, you and I, we can talk about the show once I've seen it, but uh, I'm not going to watch it tonight, because, nah. I already spent too much time reading this book in the last week. All right, well, let's call it here, Blab. Sounds good, Gab. Awesome. All right. Sorry for a very negative review and panning of this book, but we can't lie about how we feel about something when we're putting this together with the intent of being critical. No, we're not trying to sell this book. We're just trying to read it. I wanted to enjoy it. Honestly, I just, I thought I would, I thought I would enjoy it the second time I read it. Cause the first time I didn't, I didn't have a lot of problems with it, but I read it really fast in a hotel room. Mm. And you know, this time 
rereading was a mistake. I regret that I did it. So thank you for joining us. Sorry about the negative slant, but um, yeah, we just had to get this done, the book itself done. If you enjoyed it, which I doubt you did, subscribe, tell your friends, whatever. But if you didn't, and we wouldn't really be that surprised, we're going to move on to a new book. So maybe you'll like that one. So we'll see you in the next one. Thanks for joining us. Bye.